We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chiefs Kingdom, what is up? We are back. We are back with a win, three and three. Welcome to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike DeVito, here with nine-year NFL veteran and KC Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Jeff Allen. And we're, as always, bringing you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. We got the win. We're back on track. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. First half was rough. But, Jeff, we're looking good. We needed that W. We got it handily. We finished Finished up that second half, and now we are on and rolling. Got the Titans coming up next week. We'll talk about both games. But before we get into it, our sponsor, Cookie Society. Jeff, what kind of – what kind of – there we go, baby. There we go. Wow. What kind of – where do we get that merch? And then what kind of cookies did you give in the offensive line this week? Because they were knocking guys – so far off the ball with that great defensive line that Washington has. I sent them, I sent them the scraps. I sent them the burnt cookies. Oh really no. bad ones. So they could be angry. That's I want them to be pissed was. off. They like, man, Jeff sent us some messed up cookies. I'm gonna go take it out on the Redskins. So man. it was nice to see them go out there and dominate, run the ball really well. First half wasn't pretty, but they fought the entire game. Oh man. So and you can get the merch. Merch is coming soon. We'll have oh, it on the website like- in November for the holidays with a bunch of other stuff like candles, gift boxes, all that stuff. Oh, that's exciting. So we'll look forward to that. Check it out, cookiesite.com. Thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, Big Jeff, the offensive line looked great. You know, I want to talk about how important – because this game really makes the point salient that how important leadership is. Um, But before we get into it, let's just talk about sort of your take on the offense from the first half to the second half. I thought the offensive line looked good basically yeah. all the way through. When you look at the test that they were playing against, I mean, that defensive line, even Coach Reed said, is one of the best in the league, if not the best. And um, I thought our offensive line did a fantastic job. I mean, did you have any sort of observations, takeaways, feedback from what you saw from the game? I agree. I think they played with, with grit, um, with an attitude. They persevered. The first half wasn't pretty. A lot of things weren't. Um, going their way um, offensively, at least. Um, you know, there there were some miscues there uh, from all positions. But they continued to do their job. They continued to scrap and fight and claw. And then everybody got on the same page in the second half, and that, and that was good to see. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of those moments where 
you know, as a defensive lineman, I'm always I, I just can't help myself when I'm watching the game. I'm always watching the defensive line. Like it's just yeah. <laughs> I I uh I don't know if I've told this before, but I was asked to do color commentary up here at the University of Maine. I live in Central Maine, and uh, they would always ask me, you know, what what's going on with the defense? What's the offense doing? It's like I, I had no know. idea, but somebody tried to swim room up front, and they were running the text game. You know, it's like my eyes are just locked in there. Um, and it was one of those games watching Washington's D line uh, that I was like, man, I'm glad I'm retired because they are just. I remember how awful it is to get driven off the ball like that and offensive i just thought they were doing so good and i i there was a play in the in the second half where um creed humphrey and trey smith took Payne about seven yards off the ball and dumped them and and the cool thing about that one it was a great play the running back at the first down but i saw trey celebrate yeah that that means guys are having fun that means they're into it And they're just not out there, you know, doing their job. They're out there enjoying their job. And I think that that's that shows you what type of group we have on the offensive line. Yeah. And they're bringing energy to this offense right now. I think this is the group this mm-hmm. year that, that's leading the offense and the team right now. Right. And, and, that, and that's that's pretty awesome to see with all the new parts. There's yeah. always going to get better. I'll leave yeah. it. That. But the pot is a lot, a lot, a lot more good than bad. Hat tip to Andy Reid and and, uh, and Coach Heck there. Yeah, Rex Ryan always used to say to us in the D-line room, if you ever get driven off the ball like that and dumped, make sure you're looking at your cleats. Like, what the hell? You know, like, what's something wrong with my cleats? <laughs> I actually think I saw you do that in practice a few times. Yeah, you know, you, you were the one burying me, so you didn't see it. I was like, come on, come on, Alan Wright, get this stuff right. What's up with my cleats, man? Yeah, no, they did a great job. You know, there's still some things that worry me, but one of the things that we've harped on all, all, you know, all year um, is how good the leadership is on this team. Now, I've been on a lot of teams, uh, especially when expectations are high, that have, you know, had some struggles, start the game off poorly, and you go into the locker room at halftime, and there's just no voice on, on yeah. the roster. To, to rally guys up. And, and there's a difference between the guy that just says it but doesn't have that gift. There's so, we've talked about that gift that certain guys have. There are certain guys that can get up, like the Honey Badger, right, yeah. like the Holmes, and when they start talking, it's not it's not just words. You really believe what they're saying. Yeah. You really believe, oh, yeah, we can, get, we can get this back on track, right? And this is stuff that fans don't ever – don't really get to see. Um but that's one of the most important positions on the team is that guy that can rally the team when things aren't going when the things aren't going well, and in a way that you really believe what he's saying and you buy in and it, it you can see the changes in the second half to the first half and you know right away that's because Matt you know Tyron and those guys are are uh, leading those guys and yelling at those guys and getting them fired up and in a way that's real you know in a way that. Uh, guys really trust and buy into just like, you know, we were there, you got the experience both worlds, but we got, you know, we had EB when I was there. Yeah. Uh, same thing. I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing like a, a speech from him. So it's a, it's a gift. I mean, there's guys, there's, there's tons of different styles of leadership and there's guys that talk, but then there's guys that no matter what the message is, no matter how they prepare it or how they say it, you're locked in. Mm-hmm. And Eric Berry is, was one of those guys. Yeah. Honey Badger is one of those guys. Patrick is one of those guys. Um, trying to see another guy that I play with like that. 
Um, JJ Watt was one of those guys. Really? Was where, it? Yeah, where no matter what the situation was, um, when that person's speaking, all ear, all ears are there, all eyes are focused, and, and they're 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 getting the message. So I think I think you need guys like that in the locker room, but there's only a handful of guys in my over the course of my career that I can I can truly say that no matter what, that that's the guy that people are looking to. Yeah, it's not something you can just conjure up and do. Yeah, uh, it really is a gift that you have, just like the other talents that you have on the field. So uh, when I saw the difference from the the second half to the first half, uh, and then you heard the talk about what you know about what those guys were doing to motivate guys, uh, and, and Tyron and those guys stepping up, um, uh, you just knew, wow, that that plays. I think that plays a much larger role in the turnaround than people recognize. But you did have some good play. I mean, it felt like the defense settled down, right? They did a, I mean, holding them, you know, holding Washington 13 points is a big deal. Um, they settled down. Obviously, offense, they they heated up. Uh, and they, you know, they they heated up at the same time calming down. You didn't see yeah. the crazy throws and the pressure and things and, and trying to make stuff happen. You didn't see that. Everybody just sort of relaxed and played Chiefs football. Uh and so you really hope that this half now, when I look at that second half, I hope that's the beginning of the end of the old era, right? The end yeah. of this, the first six games, whatever was happening for the ups and downs, that's the end of that. Now we're back on track. Uh, and we got some, you know, we got some tests in front of us. Um, but I mean, it was, you know, all around good game. The guys in the laboratory covered it. Any other sort of thoughts you have on, on that? I didn't, there's nothing specific that I can think of. No, no thoughts besides um, that second half shows yeah. you what type of team right. uh, the Chiefs are. And and I heard someone speaking about. I think it was Marcus Spears. He's, he was on ESPN. He said, um, "Normally, when a team leads the league in turnovers in the first six weeks of the, six, six weeks of the season, they're normally zero and six or one and five. Mm. The Chiefs are three and three right now with yeah. all the mistakes. So that tells you how special of a team they are. And not to mention." I mean, the AFC is still wide open. Yeah, I mean, you got Buffalo at four and two, Tennessee at four and two. Right, then our division Chargers are four and two. You got the Raiders. So everything is still in front of the Chiefs, as long as they do what they're supposed to do and, and don't turn the ball over. And I think that second half, hopefully, we can carry that momentum throughout the season and play Tyler Haneke every week. Mm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but I think I think the defense um, found something there. I think they play physical. I think they play hard. Most importantly, everyone did their jobs. Yeah, so, yeah. See, there was there was one one miscue that I saw early in the game, but outside of that, I mean, to hold a team at thirteen NFL team, that's that's pretty impressive. Right, right, and and you know what's so interesting? I just thought of about the turnovers and how important it is to protect the football. This team, Kansas City, could easily be five and one. Yeah, and really, the difference was turnovers, mm -hmm. and defense is has been statistically the worst in the league. Yeah. And if you take two turnovers back, you got two places. You, you probably have two more wins. So even with the worst defense in the league, if you protect the football, this team's five and one. Exactly. Um, so that just highlights how important it is that you got to hold on to that football. Uh, you know, no matter how poorly one phase is playing, uh, you, you can't force things. And yeah. to see that in the second half, the way they put that crap behind them, and and just took off and did what Chiefs offensive football does. That was that was good to see. Uh, big test coming out this week. 
Jeff, uh, Whitney Merciless. You do you know anything about? It? I've heard maybe. Yeah, you see that five that five nine right there. Oh, I saw that in the back. I didn't know if you had ordered that. If that was yeah, the no, that's my that was my college roommate. We were roommates for three years at the University of Illinois. Teammates with the Houston Texans. One of my best friends. Um, so I'm doing I'm doing all my recruiting right now, trying to get them to realize that hey, I know we're three and three right now, and the media has us, you know not doing anything, but this is still a Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl, you know, if you join and not only join the team, contribute. I think he could be a big part of it. So I'm yeah. pushing. I told him I'll give him cookies and barbecue. Yeah. Whatever he needs. Whatever I got him. I, I, I can't give him any money. He has a lot of that. So <laughs> <laughs> those cookies though. Cookies. Yeah, I'll give him some cookies. So I mean if you think about the line too, it was merciless Frank Clark, Chris Jones, like yeah. you can only double team so many people, you know. I, I think I think if you know we get a piece like that, a proven veteran that can that can rush the passer, that allows us to put Chris back inside. Mm. And I think that makes Jaron Reed better. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly, because now that shifts the focus. I mean, the focus is already on Chris Jones while he's out there, but now yeah. it's immediately on him at the three technique, and that gives him some more one-on-one matchups. And I think that's going to make him a better player for this team, too. Yeah. Yeah. And think about it from an offensive, you know, when you're scouting the Chiefs from an offensive perspective, uh, you have six weeks of Chris Jones at end. So even if you phase him back inside, teams still have to prepare for him coming outside to play him out there, which you're going to play a lot different than you're going to play Frank Clark. So you already have teams chasing ghosts. So that's a nice sort of little nuanced technical thing that the Chiefs can do on defense that can – uh, I think makes them be, be productive. Bring him back into three technique, and then yeah, and then forget it. You add merciless on the outside, and, and again, there's only so many guys you can double team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll keep hoping. We'll talk about the Titans game to finish, but we'll keep. Uh, I'll keep harping on you. I'll keep. I'll keep sending you texts, Jeff. Yeah, definitely. I'll buy him some cookies too. I'm, I'm texting right now, actually. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm doing a podcast and I'm texting you right now. <laughs> yeah. Whitney, we we want you as a Kansas City Chief. Come on. Yes, that's right. Sign sign one on one podcast. <laughs> Um, so a couple things that were interesting that happened after the game. One was the Honey Badger engaging with fans, different people from the media on Twitter, right? So you had some, some, uh, criticism of the chiefs of the chiefs defense. I don't know if it was Tyron specifically or other people on the defense, but he, he bit back and he said, uh, you know, I'm not going to let them divide us. I'm not gonna let the outside divide us. Uh, and so I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that, you know, theoretically, what you think of doing things like that, or do you, do you deal with fans and then any personal sort of stories about, uh, uh, interacting with fans on social media, man, I would, I would say, listen, man, like tyrant, man, you're bigger than that. Take the high, screw that, man, <laughs> fight back, man. I, I fight back. I, I listen, I'm not taking the high road. I don't, I, that's not me. I'm going to, I'm going to go right back at you. And I think it surprises a lot of people. Yeah, you know, they're trolls. I troll right back, man. I have fun with it. I don't yeah. take anything personal. I mean, you can say whatever you want to me. I can remember, I mean, during my playing days, I would search my name intentionally or for other offensive line mates, um, particularly on road trips when, when we're coming back on the plane. Yeah. Especially after a win, when we're having some fun, I would search our names and I would read out loud all the negative things. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so funny, man. Like, oh, Eric Fitcher can't block a cold. <laughs> off the field like all types of stuff man just, oh. just idiot type things that made absolutely no sense about yeah. the team. 
but it gave it gave us good laughs and and, and good and good fun. But we're human, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, even when guys don't respond, they see things. Um, and some people take it to heart. I, I honestly, for me, I, I like to have fun with it, and yeah. I try not to take things personally, and I and I and I poke back in a fun way. Um, but some guys, I mean, this is this is what we do for a living. This is this is what we do at a competitive level. Um, we 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 fight. We work our asses off. So when when someone says something that most of the time isn't true, you can get defensive. You can get yeah. upset, and, and it happens. So yeah, yeah. I remember my wife sending a, someone a message on it was either Twitter or Facebook saying, you know, basically cussing them out because they were saying bad things about me. I was like, babe, just don't even don't even do it. But I'm glad you said it because a lot of players like I used to search my own name. And if, if you want to look up something funny, Twitter search DeVito and fat ass. If you, do, <laughs> if you Twitter search those two things, I, there's just a call. When I'm, you know, Kansas City took it pretty easy on me. The Chiefs fans did. When I, was, when I was with the Jets, man, they they were killer. And I'd get, we'd get done with the game, right? We wouldn't do well. And they'd be like, you know, Jets fans would be like, Sanchez can't throw the ball. And what, you know, what the hell is Antonio Holmes doing? And why can't we block? And DeVito is so fat. Why is he so fat? <laughs> hey, listen, listen, man. This has nothing to do with Twitter, but it gave me a flashback about us being big guys. We always get fat jokes, no matter what level you're on. And I remember being in college, and we were wearing all white. And during warm-ups, the running back coach, he recruited me to Illinois. He comes up to me and he says, man, you got yourself a BMW. And I'm like, what? I don't have a BMW. I don't have that type of money. He's like a body made wrong, but thank God you can play football. <laughs> Until this day, I would poke fun at people and say, man, you got a BMW. You know what? <laughs> body made wrong. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the life we live, man. We, we always were the, were the bigger guys and, you know, they poke jokes. But that's why, honestly, that's why I'm so funny and that's why I'm so witty and I, I could – come back so fast because all my life I got the fat jokes. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to joke back. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That, I wish I would have taken that. I, I tried to, I was like, I'm not going to, you know what I, you know, why I didn't engage because I couldn't do it lightly. And so it would have consumed me. And I yeah. just would have been on Twitter, you know, even now I'm like, I'm very hesitant to life, write back. I'm always afraid to just get life, life. Life is way too short to ever take anything a stranger says personally. Yeah, yeah. Not you're not even close enough to me to hurt my feelings, and that's just how I feel about it. So anything that I do in response, it's it's all fun and games to me. Like yeah. I'm literally having a blast. Like if you record me while I'm replying to some people, I'm legit laughing. Like yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like I know what type of reaction it's gonna get, and most of the time, people are just genuinely shocked. I've gotten so many DMs, you know, after replying from people like, "Man, I'm sorry, I was just joking." Like yeah. but it was pretty cool that you replied. Um, and that, that's just the intent of it most of the time. People just yeah. want a response and it makes them feel good, like they accomplished something. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with guys, you know, replying back. No, I think it's good. I, th I, I think it's good. I, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Jets stuff, man. I just have stories for days. Kansas <laughs> did take it easy on me. But even my old man, I would get a phone call from my old man after the game and I, I'd be like, how'd it look? He'd be like, man, you're 
face doesn't fit in your helmet. Like it looks like your head's gonna pop. It's so fat, and then it's like <laughs> I'm like even my old man after the game. You know, I mean, man, it's all good, man. And, and I could say this now that we're both retired, but when we were all white, man. All white is killed. Oh, man. I just saw a bunch of marshmallows rolling around a locker room. Oh. It looks sweet for the skill guys, but big guys. Man. So next time you see the Chiefs or any team in the NFL with all white on, just pay attention to the O-line. You, you'll see, like, the big guys tugging at their jerseys. Oh, it's no trying good. To look a little bit skinnier. Unless you're, like, I mean, a guy like Trey Smith or – yeah, uh, right. Yeah, some right. of these freaks of nature that have six packs when they take their shirts off. <laughs> yeah, that's Most of us are, are just bigger guys. We got love handles and all those things. Oh, <laughs> I used to. So I used to have my jersey tailored, and I would have um, a, elastic. A lot of the guys had elastics on the ball. I couldn't stand when the jersey came out from under the belt and hang down. Yeah, those like shout out, shout out to Alan for for tailoring our jerseys and. Yeah, oh, Alan is great. Oh, Alan Wright, Casey's uh, equipment manager, is just the best. And they would, you know, trim it and put an elastic in there. But what happened is you're running around, you get tired, you got the white white on, and all of a sudden that elastic goes up like this, you know, and just – you just your stomach just hanging out and it stays there. And you know, you you know, there are those times we'd be in a four-minute drill or a two-minute drill, and you're exhausted. You like this with your hands yeah. on your hip, your hands on your hips. Hands on the hips. Out. <laughs> it's all the way up. You're like, my oh man. It's so I, got, I got smart. I got to the I got probably the back half of my career, like the last four seasons. I requested for that elastic to get taken out. So um I didn't tuck my jersey in, but it was cut at the perfect length. Yeah. Where no matter what, it never rose up, and it looked—it just looked like it was tucked in, and it, it didn't—it didn't look like it was squeezing my gut. It was just oh, a natural nice. fit, and actually, I played better with it. I felt oh like, yeah, I, felt I was confident, man. You look good. Look good. Feel you feel good. good. You play good, man. Dion didn't lie when he said that. So uh, see, I didn't get that veteranism. I wasn't around long <laughs> enough to get that. But you got to see my last game with the Jets was against the Bills. In Buffalo in December or January, it was freezing. And I had white socks, white pants, white jersey, white long sleeves, and a black, like, um, you know, the 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 fitted, the, the cap. Yeah, that cover your face and everything. Yeah. I looked ridiculous. I'm going to send the picture to BJ. Maybe he could put it up right now That's somehow. Sure. Oh, but it was yeah. it was awful. So there was another thing. So that was a Twitter thing. I'm with you. I think I think players should engage. Um, there was another issue with sort of, and I'm not even going to get into it because it, it's it's not worth touching. But you know, family members having access to the sideline, having access to post game uh, stuff, locker room stuff. Uh, that's a difficult um, issue to balance as a player, and it came up this week with the Chiefs and. Um, I have another funny story, man. So my my first game, my first uh, preseason game with the Jets, first time in a Jets uniform, uh, I go out there and I'm playing. I told you I'm, I'm in New York. My family's from New York. They're all there. They're at the stadium. We're at home in New Jersey, uh, night game against the Falcons. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm all pumped up. They're fired up. I must have had 500 people there. And um, – you know, I'm playing, and we're getting in the fourth corner. I'm playing, and I actually make a couple tackles. And I come running off the sideline, and they're so excited that I'm, I'm watching them. They're fighting. 
They're fighting. We're, now remember, we're at home. They're Jets fans. They're fighting other Jets fans <laughs> behind the bench where we are. And I go walking off the field. And I'm looking and I see everybody fighting. And I'm looking up. I'm like, and I went to, and my, my cousin has a picture of me pointing. And right after I point, my, the coach comes up, my coach Dan Quinn at the time comes over and he just shoes me out for looking at the sidelines to talk to somebody. He was, he's like, when you get, you get your ass back to the bench, like don't talk, don't even look up there. Like you don't worry about whatever what's going on up there. You don't worry about it. So I was like, oh man. So I felt terrible, right? Cause like, yeah. I'm, this is my first game. I'm getting yelled at. And then I, I, the game gets done and that was in the old jet stadium and they had a bubble outside like uh like the, the family and everything yeah for the family to come into and right when you walk in there's a sign that says um no for no photographs no autographs and right past that sign i see my family taking pictures with the other <laughs> players getting autographs from the other players and then i look and my mom is trying to fight my dad's new girlfriend in the bubble after the first game. They're holding them back. There's a there's 10 people on each side trying to stop them from fighting each other. My, so I got all these Italians over here drunk getting pictures and, and signing autographs and doing all this stuff that they shouldn't be doing. My family on the other end is fighting each other. They're, they're, some of them went to they got arrested and could never go back into the stadium. Oh, what a day. This was game one. What a day. I, was, I remember saying, I hope you guys enjoyed this because there's they're gonna cut me. Like there's no way they're gonna have me back this after this madness. I don't add enough value to this team for you guys to for them to say, well, if we keep DeVito, he's gonna it's gonna be a street fight. You know, I remember one of the guys saying, like, DeVito, you gotta tell your family this isn't like a soccer game where you everybody fights and like you gotta tell them to relax, you know. So I just thought it was interesting because I just remember, you know, that was my first game, but obviously if that speaks to what my career was like, um, there's a tension with trying to get your family access, trying to get them involved, trying to get them to see and meet people they wouldn't normally meet and see uh, places they wouldn't normally see. And at the same time, you know, making sure they don't overstep. And as much as we love our family, sometimes it's a natural thing to do. I didn't know if you had any thoughts or. Well, yeah, I, I don't I guess I kind of have a similar story, but it wasn't at a game. But as far as like pregame stuff, I never did that with family. I was like, yeah, the total. Op- I turned into a, like, I, I went to complete isolation. Yeah, like the day before the game, like once we went on the road or we went to the hotel, like yeah. I turned my phone off, mm-hmm. nothing. I didn't respond to text. I didn't. I didn't do any of that. I didn't want to see you pregame. I just wanted to see you after the game because this right. that was just my routine. Right. Um, but post game, we we'd always do the family room and. You know, they meet players and stuff and kind of take pictures sometimes. Um, but I can remember specifically my wedding that I had a bunch of teammates at my wedding. And I was like, no pictures. Like I had like a, a, a pre-marital meeting, like with everyone, both sides of the family, no pictures, no autograph asking, none of that. Just let them be guests, let them enjoy themselves. Right. And sure enough, you know, the wedding kicks off, we get to the reception. And, you know, I'm going around and, and we get toward the end of the night and everyone's doing a good job. And right at the end, one person asks, hey, hey, Alex, Alex, can I get a picture? All of a sudden, like, it was no picture to take a, it was no line to take a picture with me and my wife. It was, 
everyone's lined up to take a picture with Alex and some of the other guys. And I'm like, and I'm just like, so I'm like, so embarrassed. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but um, that's just a part of it, man. I think it's pretty cool. And you got to understand, I mean, you're, you're seeing some of the people you looked up to or, or some of these people that you root for and you may not get the opportunity again. So I guess I understand it in a sort. Yeah. 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 You, you do, you do definitely understand it. Right. I, I uh, especially coming in as an undrafted free agent, I knew, you know, nothing was guaranteed. And so I did want to to get them as close. And and now remind you, my family grew up as Jets fan. I mean, we were all. Oh, yeah. So that was probably even crazier because oh, these, these were definitely people that yeah. they rooted for. So, yeah. There yeah were people you, that watched you, had no, you had absolutely no chance. <laughs> no chance. No chance. No chance. And it, it adds an element. It's tough. As you go on, like you're trying to balance tickets and every home game, you know, there was this logistical aspect of things that you needed to take care of. The thing that helped is I did exactly what you did. When we, when it was time to go, I didn't go out to dinner. You know, when, it, when we got to the hotel, it was over. I, you know, there was no talking, there was no meeting. Uh, if, even if we were in San Diego and there was somebody there that I knew I was not meeting anybody. Uh, I just needed that time to relax. But yeah, but no, I just saw some of the stuff this weekend and it reminded me of, you know, that tension, you know, trying to, to figure yeah. out. Yeah, right. there's going to be some conversations had for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's going to be some conversations that's had, but that's family business. So That's family business. Um, all right, we got the Titans game coming up this week. We got the big win. We got the Titans game. You know, you see this team last week. They beat Buffalo. Now, you know, Buffalo made an interesting call at the end. I kind of like it, uh, but obviously it didn't work out for them. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that gets me nervous, man, with this team is like Derrick Henry already has 800 yards rushing. Yeah. Does he have rushing touchdowns? He has almost 800 yards. He's in a lead by 280 mm -hmm. yards, the next closest person. Um, he's on a mission. I mean, I think he's trying to get back to back years with 2K. Yeah. He's on an all time great pace. And um, I tweeted it yesterday like, is he in a top five running back? He's not. I mean, I know he's not statistically or even close yet, but I think with the pace that he's on and the way he's playing, his ability, his skill, he is without a doubt a Hall of Fame, all-time great, and it's going to be a challenge. And guys guys can afford to miss tackles. He's going to make you miss tackles by just running you over. Yeah. But they need to make sure they're they're swarming to the ball. It's going to be, yeah. a, it's going to be a group effort. Um, it's going to take the entire defense to, to make sure they slow this guy down. But, I mean, he gets stronger as the game goes on. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, he'll start the first quarter off with like he'll have 22 yards in the first quarter, then 40, 40 in the second, then all of a sudden the third and fourth quarter, he's 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 breaking big ones. Right. Um, I so mean, he, he has stamina, he has the strength, he has all that, um, and it starts with him. So if they slow him down, they're not they're not going to stop him. No one stopped him yet, but slow him down because he he is, you know, the snake, the head, the head of the snake. Uh, yeah. Um, so slow him down. You've got to slow him down. The defense, defensive line, this is a great game to move Chris Jones back inside. Yeah. Chris, for all the assets that he has, he also has great run technique. He yep. can take on double teams well. He plays a scoop block well. He knocks guys back. This is a great time to get him inside. The defensive line has to play technique sound. If you let a scoop block or guard or tackle up onto a backer, with Derrick Henry going downhill, it's over. It's over. With. It's over. You, 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 those guys 
have to be free. You have to you have to play your techniques. You have to set the line of scrimmage, and you cannot let those guys up because just like you said, you're going to need as many hats to the ball as you got as you can get, and you want those linebackers coming downhill. You do not. So if I'm playing in this game, boy, I'm in a. I'm not even worried about rushing the passer. I, I think I, I like I like the game plan that Buffalo had. Yeah, um, they did a decent job. It was just. You know, when they didn't, it, it was some big plays. But they did a good job of moving along the front, moving guys around, and not letting them get started. So they were yeah. getting some penetration, making them chop his feet, slow down, and they were rallying to the ball before he can get to the second level. The right. times where they didn't do that, when he got to the second level, you saw him. I mean, he broke that long 76-yard touchdown. Um, he cut back on one when he got up on the safety and completely destroyed him. And there were a few others, and, and that was – I mean, that was – Probably he probably had seven or eight really good carries, but that those were critical carries that you know helped win the football game. Um, so just making sure that they're doing everything in their power that Spags has a good game plan and guys are are rallying to the ball and getting penetration in the backfield and slowing yeah. them down. Yeah, don't let him get started because if you let him get started, there's not. I mean, he he stiff armed a defensive end yesterday like he's yeah. a DB. <laughs> Who's gonna tackle this guy? Jeff, this is one of those games that, you know, I, I've always said this isn't a team with Kansas City and the way they're, how explosive their offense is. They have to worry too much about stopping the run. This is one of those outliers. No, you, you pick up 30 yards a clip running the football downhill. I mean, it's like I wouldn't – if I'm the Titans, I'm not I'm not too concerned about passing the football. No, you know, he averaged 7.2 yards a carry yesterday. That That is – that is crazy. Um but he had that one big play. I think that helped. Yeah, that's that yeah. Um, But he's just he's just a punishing presence, and not only that, that's that's what made Buffalo's defense, you know, give up some of those bigger plays on off the play action. Yeah. You know, AJ Brown streaming across the middle. Yeah, and that's going to be and that. Like it's pick your poison. It's either <laughs> you know be hesitant and, and flat footed as a as a secondary player as, as a linebacker and let Derrick Henry come at you full speed or you come downhill and I guess assume he's getting the ball every freaking rep. Yeah. That opens up passing lanes and other things and it helps their offense. Um, but I would, I would definitely focus primarily on Derrick Henry. Yeah. It's a great game for one of those 46 fronts where you got, you know, two ends, two tackles and the head up nose and yeah, focus on guys up front. Man. All right. Well, we're going to go get it, brother. We got that confidence rolling in the right direction. Chiefs Kingdom, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week, hopefully with another W. Big Jeff, love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. And go Chiefs. Love you too. Go Chiefs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.